I'm definitely fortunate to do this. I was fortunate to go to business school. I was fortunate to meet the guys that did Hourly Nerd and to be able to do consulting work after school. But a yeah. part of that too is also seizing that moment and that opportunity and recognizing it and then running with it. Welcome to the Outperform Podcast. My name is Scott Welly. I'm an author, speaker, and the founder of Outperform the Norm, a global movement that helps people achieve peak performance in their personal and professional lives. I've spent my life working with top performers in business as well as athletics, and each week it's my aim and mission to bring you an inspiring person to share their personal stories and insights, or perhaps it'll be a personal message from me, but with one very simple goal in mind, to help you outperform. Your time is precious, and I want to thank you for spending with me here today. But just one small ask before we get started. If you find value from this podcast, the greatest way that you could possibly thank me would be to head on over to iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast platform happens to be and give it a five-star review. Also share it with somebody that you know that you would like to help outperform so we can all grow this movement together and strive to make the world a healthier, happier, higher performing place. Once again, thank you for being here. And without further ado, let's get started. Carlos, welcome to the Outperform Podcast. How are you? Doing great, Scott. Thanks for having me. Uh, Thank you very much for being here. What does it mean to you to outperform and how do you define outperforming in your life? To me, outperformance is really, you know, about achieving the, the fullest potential that I have and the goals that I have. So it's less about, you know, thinking about this in relation to anything else but that. And so um, outperforming is essentially just, to me, having growth in what I'm doing and, and achieving the things that I want to do uh, along the way. So before we even get into what it, what it is that you do, I, I want to ask couple of questions, I guess, on goals. Have you always been a goal-oriented person and defined outperforming that way? Or is that something that has kind of come to you recently? Definitely, uh, for me, it's always been something that I've, I've grown up with. Uh, and I get that a lot, for actually, from my father. So my father um, immigrated to the United States from Mexico. So my mom and dad met in Mexico. And he grew up in this small town of, you know, 100,000 people, in Mexico, uh, he chose to do something very different from his siblings. Uh, he chose to work a corporate job and then, you know, moved up to the United States. And for him, you know, what we learned along the way was set a goal and work and achieve it and do it. So when we were younger, uh, it started out even as simple as like, you know, I, I played soccer growing up. So if you want to buy a pair of cleats, you can go out and work, you know, at the ice cream store and make minimum wage, or you can go mow lawns and make a little bit more money. It's a little bit harder work. You just have to figure out how you want to get there. And so just things like that, you know, for me kind of growing up, that's been something that I've always had in my life is really being conscious about those goals and um, being intentional and then, you know, working to achieve them along the way. Okay. So before we get even deeper into that, because I like where you're going with goal setting, I think it's, it's a very important part of outperforming personally, professionally, or athletically. Tell the audience a little bit more about what it is that you do. Um, and who is Carlos? Yeah, so I, um, my, you know, I'm Carlos Castellan. I'm a founder and, and managing director of the Navio Group. And so what we do uh, at the Navio Group is we work with retail leaders that want to transform their business. So our clients uh, are oftentimes Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 uh, retailers, and sometimes consumer goods uh, companies. And so what we do 
is we work in three different ways to trans help transform companies. So we do it one uh, on the cost saving side. So we'll help in situations where companies really need to revitalize their business and take out some, some costs out of the system. And so we will help with that. The second piece is we really oftentimes act as an extension of the existing team. So come in and say, we have a small team that can support the existing work that's happening, give them some bandwidth, give them some extra dedicated, uh, I guess, boots on the ground to do that. Then the last piece is really about innovation. And so when, you know, whenever companies are looking to build something brand new, bring on uh, a team, different skill set, and really be dedicated to it, we'll come in and help on that as well. Interesting. And how long have you been with the Navio Group? So we started the company uh, a little over a year ago, um, but I've been doing independent consulting, um, you know, for about four years after I left business school in some sort of former fashion. Okay. Business school. So uh, take me through a little bit of your education and where you went to business school and how you got to where you are. Yeah. So I, um, I went to college here in, locally in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. And played soccer there. I, I had a scholarship to go there and, was, you know, ended up being a mile and a half from, from home. Uh, but I got to do what I loved, which is play soccer. So I was really excited about, about doing that. Um, after school, uh, uh, graduated right in the middle of the recession. So I kind of ended up taking the first job that I could get. Uh, it just so happened to be with Target, which was in town. Uh, so I worked there in a couple different roles. Um, you know, got a little bit of time in there and decided, you know, I was ready for something different. And, you know, I decided at that point to apply to business school. So I ended up going uh, to Harvard Business School. So spent two years there. And really it was at the end of my second year that I started doing independent consulting work through a small platform at the time. It was called actually Hourly Nerd. Um, and it was started by a couple, couple guys in business school that were a year ahead of me. And they called me up one day to ask, a, ask for some help on a particular project that they had sold. Uh, and started doing projects through my second year of business school out of the small little bedroom that we had there and, you know, put, put a computer in, put a couple monitors and started doing, you know, doing consulting work in the evenings. And so did that. And then as I graduated, they sort of asked me if I would be willing to take this on to support them full time. And so I said, you know, got six months until my student loans kick in. Uh, so we'll, we'll give it a shot. And so Decided to do that and, and kind of took off from there, started doing some consulting work off the platform there, um, did some really cool roles. So I spent a year as a chief of staff to a Fortune 500 CIO, which was really cool. Totally different experience. I had that for a year um, and then took on some different projects and have kind of grown ever since. So to come back to the goal setting piece, take me through how some of the goal setting principles that it sounds like you learned from your father early on, take me through how you've applied some of those to either your athletic life to be able to go and, and play soccer, to be able to, you know, be, being an independent consultant is not easy because you have to bet on yourself. So take me through some of kind of how you've used that to be able to outperform in either one of those areas. Yeah, I think, you know, athletically growing up, um, I will say I was kind of uh, lazier, I would say, when I was younger. I didn't, you know, especially athletically, I didn't set the goals that I wanted to, um, or I, I wasn't as purposeful and mindful, I think, as I, as I should have been. Um, and so as I went along, I think that I realized really the value in terms of going from buying soccer cleats to, you know, applying that to more things in life. So when I started out, um, going back to, to college, I was recruited to play soccer there. My first year, 
um, ended up going there and actually got cut from the team. I didn't make the sort of the full squad, I ended up being on a secondary sort of reserve squad there, which was uh, a bit of a blow, uh, to, you know, for myself because I'd always been able to be pretty good. And so what I really did is, uh, you know, there's definitely times where I was like, I, you know, I'm going to quit. I'm going to be done. No reason to do this anymore. But then it was a part of me that was like, I, I want to prove prove people wrong. And I, I want to show them like I can do this. And so I spent the whole year basically going to work out, you know, twice a day, uh, playing as much soccer as I could. Uh, so the next year I ended up actually making the team. And then, you know, two years later I was named captain of the team. And to me, that was really about the power of like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make the team and sort of be the best version of myself that I can be. And so I think taking that and then, you know, looking forward, when I started applying for business school, it was the same thing. I would study every day. So we lived in a, um, in a condo that was happened to be on the light rail. And so I would take that into work every day. And I'd have flashcards for months on end where I would study, you know, my geometry and different equations. And I would do that every day on the, on the ride to work uh, just, to, just to get in the habit of it because I wanted to get a good score on the, on the test to get into business school. And so um, just setting those goals and then thinking about sort of being purposeful about the steps to take to be able to achieve the things that I wanted to, I think have helped serve me well. Um, and the times where I haven't done that, I, you know, I think oftentimes have been, it's been a little bit more difficult or it's, you know, I take a step back and say, I should really be mindful about taking, setting goals and how I actually set out and, and you know, work every day to achieve them. What motivates you to achieve your goals? You know, it's a good, it's a good question. Uh, it's a deep question. I hate to just hit you with that one, like yeah. just, just straight on, but I'm always curious to ask people that. Like, is it, is it an intrinsic thing, especially now, or is it a monetary thing? Or if you can even go back to soccer, like what motivates you to want to achieve these goals? You know, for me personally, it's been something that I think I've had when I've been, ever since I was really young. I remember my mom used to tell the story about when I was six or seven, I'd come home from kindergarten uh, and I really enjoyed baseball at the time. And I'd go throw a baseball against the garage or uh, a tennis ball against the garage for you know, two hours right after school just to like practice my pitching. And, you know, obviously that helped me play baseball and get to be a good pitcher. But for me, that was just this intrinsic motivation of being really good at the things that I wanted to do. Um, and so I think, you know, now it's really kind of matching that up. And I do something that I really enjoy, but it also is fun to be good at it and to continue to craft it and own it. Um, and that's, you know, so I would say that that comes from within. And I also feel this sense of, you know, I've been lucky in my life. And so to capitalize on that look and, and, continue to do things. Um, you know, I definitely feel that sense of, of, of motivation and responsibility to do that. In what ways have you been lucky? You know, I think growing up uh, <laughs> in, a, in a good family, having the opportunities that I've had both, you know, educationally and uh, to have great friends and a support system. Um, and candidly, you know, I always talk about this, but I was like definitely born at the right time. You know, I, I can't, I'm not handy. I don't do, uh, you know, if I'd been born a hundred years ago, wouldn't have, this wouldn't have worked out as well for me, mm. but the things that I'm able to do well, I, I feel, um, you know, I feel lucky to be, to be able to do this, uh, today to do consulting and to have the opportunities that I've had to go to business school, uh, to have, uh, to play soccer, to play, you know, be in college, those sort of things. 
Yeah. And a part of the reason that I ask is, is sometimes my girlfriend and I get in this debate a little bit of, of being lucky versus being fortunate, Yeah, you know? And, um, I mean, to me, it's like, okay, well you can say, yes, I was lucky, but, um, you weren't lucky when you were sitting there on the light rail studying your flashcards, you know, and I'm sure you weren't lucky when you were sitting there putting in hours and hours of uh, throwing a tennis ball against the garage or practicing soccer and different things like that. It's like you're fortunate to be born into a day and age where if you're willing to work hard and willing to set goals and apply yourself, then that comes to fruition and leads to high achievement and success. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I always try and reframe sometimes the lucky to fortune. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, um, Guy Raz, who does a podcast called How I Built This, you know, he interviews a ton of entrepreneurs. He'll ask that question. I think of everyone that comes through is, you know, how much of this do you think is luck? And how much of this do you think is, you know, some basically you doing this on your own? And I think the real the answer for me to your point is I'm definitely fortunate to do this. Uh, I was fortunate to go to business school. I was fortunate to meet the guys that did hourly nerd and to be able to do consulting work after school. But a part of that too is also seizing that moment and that opportunity and recognizing it and then running with it. Yeah. And I think that is, that's like sort of like the 10, 20% difference, whatever you want to call it um, about that. Yeah, absolutely. And to ask one more question on this uh, that I always find interesting is is I want to go back to, so you said you were recruited to play soccer, right? And then the first year you were moved to the reserve team. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. I, I kid you not. And I actually just recorded a solo cast that I haven't released yet, but it was talking about motivation and of all the outperformers I've ever spoken with, whether we're talking about personally, professionally, or athletically, they can always go back to one and remember one distinct experience they had where somebody told them they couldn't do something, something didn't go their way, and they used that as motivation to, hey, I'm going to prove you wrong, I'm going to do this, like, to hell with whatever, I'm going to make this happen. So if we could go back to that time when that happened to you in college, what was that transition like for you? I mean, were you immediately kind of on the side of, I'm going to work harder, I'm going to prove you wrong, I'm going to make this team? Or did you throw a little bit of kind of what I call the pity party for a while and then have to get into that? Or if you could go back, what did that look like? Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say there wasn't the element of pity party. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I can give you another professional example here in a little bit, but that I think there comes a point where you need to say, I'm either going to just move on from this and that's going to be the decision that I make, or I'm going to fight this and I'm going to do something very different. And, you know, I'm going to change the way I'm, you know, going about my business on a daily basis. And for me, so there was definitely, you know, a couple weeks of that. And then there's a certain point where you're just like, I can't live in this. Like I have to do something different or I have to let this go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, that was definitely the case is like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it a shot. I got nothing to lose. Yeah. Yeah. What's a professional example that you mentioned that would be similar? Yeah, for me, uh, there's actually a really interesting article, to your point, um, that someone, a former alum, wrote, and it was like some editorial. And he was talking about how a lot of people that end up being really happy with their careers, actually, it stems exactly from what you're talking about. It's some sort of early failure where they're like, I'm not on the right path or I'm not doing the things that I want to do uh, with my career. And so I'm going to do something totally different that maybe no one else is doing, but that I'm really happy, happy with instead of being, you know, a uh, managing director at an investment bank and you're making $2 million in your forties, but you're not happy with your life and 
you don't feel fulfilled. And so for me, um, I was really fortunate. My uh, in between my first and second year of business school, I, I was at a consulting firm, prestigious consulting firm. Um, I thought it was something I was going to be really happy doing. Uh, you know, I was like, this is great. I got in, um, you know, you, you spend a week. We went in, uh, we went to Colorado to do like whitewater rafting with all the other interns, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I got into my second or third week and I was working on a project, a corporate restructuring. So I was like trying to figure out how to lay people off at a company. And I was just like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't feel good about this. I remember calling my wife. Uh, I'm like week two or week three of the project. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Like, this is, this is miserable. Like, I, I just, I don't feel good about it. And so I got to the end of the, you know, I was fortunate because this was just a 10 week internship, you know, but it was something that I wasn't, I wasn't good at. I wasn't having fun. Um, and so part of, you know, starting that second year and then doing something different came from the, came from the fact that I, I just, I was like start, starting back at, at square one, you know, thinking about, well, what do, what, what do I actually want to do with my career? Uh, and I was fortunate to, A, have, you know, spent two years at business school to try and figure that out and B, have, you know, a 10-week internship to be able to sort through some of that stuff as well and try some new experiences. So I'm sure we have some entrepreneurs that are listening to this right now. I'm an entrepreneur as well. You obviously are. What advice would you give someone that is, I, they can be in any phase of the entrepreneurial journey, I guess. Maybe it's just something that they've thought about where they know they're maybe not fulfilled at whatever it is that they're doing. They've thought about kind of hanging their own shingle and being an entrepreneur, or maybe they've just started, or maybe they're going through tough times right now. But do you have any advice for them on things you've learned or something that you would like to say to people that are entrepreneurs? I think it's, uh, you know, my wife does this for me a lot of times is she'll be the one to say like, why not? You know, instead of like, I think a lot of people ask themselves why, and I think the why not's the, the, the better question in a lot of sense, you know, how do you just get started on this? Um, I was talking to someone last week who was thinking of, who was just not happy at a, at a big company job. Um, and he was considering taking a different role at basically a startup tech company, um, which he'd done before and really enjoyed. But what he really wanted to do was get into, you know, understand the world of soccer and soccer operations and those sort of things. And so what we ended up talking about was saying, why don't you stay at your, your current job, you know, figure out if you can make some more money doing it, get a raise um, if you're not happy with what you're getting paid. But then how do you take that extra time that you have and get into the world of soccer, do some consulting projects, reach out, network with people. And I think... For, for people doing that, uh, you know, they're at a big company today, it's how do you take your extra time if you, don't, if you don't want to take the plunge and start to dip your toe in the water and do some of these things to understand what it's like so you can make a transition or you understand maybe this isn't for you. Um, I don't think there's a, there's a right or wrong answer, but I think being mindful about time and how you invest it and how you spend it and really making sure that on a day-to-day and a week-to-week basis, you're doing the things that get you closer and closer to your goal and you don't push that further out, I think is really, really important for anyone um, being an entrepreneur or someone that wants to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I think a lot of what you're talking about is, is probably just how I define productivity, rate of output per unit of inputs. And the unit of inputs are only ever our time and our energy. So how can you 
increase the important things getting done, the outputs, without always just putting in maybe more input or just putting in the same input. So do you have any particular methods or routines, strategies that you use to ensure you're doing, doing the right things and doing the things right each and every day, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, I wish I were a little bit more disciplined. I think it's something that I, I'm working to do. I think there's a piece of it that I, I like to think about, um, like, what do I want my life to be like in 20 or 30 years? And am I doing things that help me get there? Um, and am I, you know, I think that's one way to look at it. The other thing is just like, am I having a fun? You know, am I having, like, enjoying my day to day? And I am right now. So it's, I mean, it's easy for me to say, like, let's do this. And then what are the, you know, couple things that I need to do, the key priorities that I have to continue to grow the business or to either take stuff off or take stuff on so that I can continue to have fun. Um, I think that's like an, a piece of entrepreneurship. I think that at least for what I do is you do this because you also want to have fun. You know, you don't want to get to the end of this and, and start, you know, start over or look back and be like, I missed out on a lot of things I could do. So for me, it's finding that balance uh, of that. So I, that's at least how I think about it. Have you always known, I don't know if this is going to sound like a weird question, but have you always known what, what is fun to you? You know, cause I hear there's sometimes about passion where people are like, well, I just, I need to find what I'm passionate about, or, you know, I need to like find what really brings me joy or what fills me up and what I, what I think is fun. Is that something that you've always known for somebody out there that's sort of looking at that and saying, well, I don't really know what I find fun in the professional world. Do you have any tips for people that might be looking to try and figure that out? No, I mean, I think it's a B testing, right? Like you just go out and, <laughs> and try, try some different, I don't know how you've, how you found it, but I mean, that was for me, um, you know, what am I picking up every day? And what am I like, when I pick up the newspaper, like what are the things that I read on a daily basis? Yeah. Uh, that I'm interested in, that I like naturally gravitate towards. And oftentimes that's like, for me, been an indicator. When I was, you know, going to that second year of business school and I was like trying to figure out what was fun for me. Like the thing that I noticed is like, I subscribe to, you know, uh, publications about retail. Like I would enjoy just going out and like observing what was happening in malls and like what the consumer trends were. And so for me, um, working in that space, like, and doing the things that I do every day doesn't feel like work. It, it definitely feels like I should be doing what I want to do, but only because I did, you know, I took on an internship that I realized I didn't want to be doing. And and I, I don't know that there's an easier way. I think that's like a, I mean, I don't know what your experience has been, but I'd be curious to hear what you say. Well, I, I kind of look at it. I go back almost to, you know, having an athletic background. We talk about the flow state or kind of being in the zone or something where you just lose yourself and what it is that you're doing. So right. like way back in the day, you could maybe lose yourself in throwing the tennis ball up against the garage for two hours, you know, the same way that I could lose myself in writing a book for two hours or whatever it happens to be. But it's something where you are just so immersed in it that you all of a sudden look at the clock or you, you look at your watch and you're like, wow, I can't believe two hours has gone by when I've been doing this. The days that I always feel the best about what it is that I'm doing, they include some aspect of that where I'm like, I, I just lost myself in whatever it is that I'm doing. And it feels so good Yeah, when you do it. I, I completely agree. There's most weeks go by for me and I'm like, I, I don't even know where the time went or, yeah. you know, it's just, it's jam packed. And I think that's where at least I know I'm having a good time. Um, yeah. And I think there's, at least for me, there's an element of uh, spending the weekends and, you know, not thinking about work or just, 
setting that aside too, because I think that allows me to invest more, you know, during the week. And so setting some boundaries around when I work and when I don't work has been at least helpful for me. But I completely agree with you. I think that's a great sign of this is something I enjoy. Do you have any other habits or routines, either daily or weekly, that you swear by that have helped lead to your success? You know, I don't have anything in particular. One of the things that I really enjoy is just getting up early and getting, you know, getting to the office or um, on weekends. Sometimes I'll just go have breakfast somewhere at, at 7 a.m. and like, you know, go read, you know, news or do whatever, like listen to a podcast. Um, I like that because there's basically no one around, no distractions. And so that's something that I value. I'm not like regimented every day per se. Um, and a lot of it is, to be honest, for our work is driven by client work at least Monday through Friday and client demands. Uh, the other thing that I have found very valuable as I've gone along is actually doing is to write, whether it be blog posts uh, or other things, because I think it really helps synthesize ideas and concepts and be able to explain it in a digestible fashion. And so mm -hmm. that as a habit that I found is, is really helpful, um, you know, to be able to explain things to, and, master and understand different topics better and explain it to others. But, you know, it sounds like you write, I don't know if that's something you found. It's, that's helpful, but. Well, so take me through what you mean by writing. Are we literally talking about pen to paper? Are we talking about opening up a Microsoft word document and writing on that? <laughs> like what kind of writing are we talking about? Yeah. Just like a, I oftentimes write blog posts and it's, you know, about something that I've observed or I'm interested in and just kind of, being able to explain that. So for me, most of the time it takes a form of Microsoft word, yeah. but also having some structure around that, you know, and, and, you know, thesis statement and, and, you know, different points that you're making. Um, but I think that is a really helpful way, at least for me to, to go about that, that, that process and try and do it on a regular basis. Um, because it also, I guess the discipline of that, I think lends itself well to what you're doing on a, on a daily basis in terms of work. Yeah, it's definitely a discipline. I, I can certainly tell you that every writer, um, whether it's a, somebody that's a blogger or somebody that has written books, will say that writing is absolutely a discipline like anything else. Yeah, so I would say for me, it's less about the daily habits and more about certain activities or things that I'll do um, that, that help me. And the other thing, going back to athletics, I like to go for runs. And I think I find running to be really good because if you're it helps you clear your mind and help you kind of work through things, I think, oftentimes. So for me, that's something um, that's been that's valuable that I do on a weekly basis. When do you typically run? Is that a first thing in the morning thing or when? what's your schedule for that? I'll usually do it in the evenings. Uh, it's harder for me to run in the mornings. Like I don't feel like I have as much energy to, <laughs> to okay. exert myself. But, it, you know, towards, you know, end of late afternoon, evening usually is when I do it. Okay. Are there any quotes that you live by that define who you are? Yeah, there's, there's a quote by the Spanish, the Spanish poet. Um, and it's, so it, I'll translate it, but it essentially in, in Spanish, it's caminante no hay camino, se hace camino no hay. And what it means in English is walker, there is no path, you make the path by walking. And it's, you know, it's a much longer uh, poem, but it's essentially about the fact that, you know, you live the life you you choose, you, you, you know, you get to walk in whatever path you want. And so it's up to you to do that. And I, I really, it's resonated for me, like since I first read it and it's, uh, I don't know, I think it fits like what I find my own philosophy for life is. Yeah. 
Are there any other words of wisdom, parting shots, advice that you would like to give to the audience before we sign off? No, I think, um, yeah, I, I would say for, for people that are doing this, I, you know, I think the big question is why not? I think that's like the, the thing to ask yourself and, and, you know, really understand how you can, um, whether it be setting small goals or big goals or doing things every day and, and making sure that the things you're doing on a daily, weekly basis are helping you achieve the things that you want. Um, that's, yeah, I guess that's all, all I would say. Ask you if people are interested in learning more about what it is they do in terms of consulting or just connecting with you. Um, where can they where can they find you and where would you like them to go? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, that's you know probably the social media medium of choice. Um, uh, so Carlos Castellan on LinkedIn, um, and then you can email me as well, Carlos at the Naviogroup.com. T H E N A V I O Group.com. Okay. And I will put both of those things in the show notes as well. So Carlos, on behalf of all the viewers and the listeners, we would like to thank you very much for your time and being on the Outperform podcast. We appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. All right. To everyone out there, wishing you the best of health, happiness, high performance. Keep outperforming. Have a great day. Hello, Outperformers. Three more quick things before we sign off here today. First and foremost, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I understand how many different podcasts are out there, and I do not take a single second of your time for granted because time is truly our most valuable asset. It is our most precious commodity, and I appreciate you taking that time and you spending it with us here today. Second, if you found value in this podcast, maybe you've noticed, but podcasting has gotten quite popular as of late. And if you would like to help support the Outperforming Movement and the Outperform Podcast, one of the best ways that we can get it found is for you to give it a favorable review and rating on whatever your favorite podcasting platform happens to be. So head on over to iTunes, head on over to Google Play, and give it a favorable review. And while you do that, also share it with someone else that you know that is just like you, is driven by growth and wanting to be the best personally and professionally in every single thing that they do. Number three, if you want even more tools and tips and strategies to be able to be your best personally and professionally, head on over to scottwelly.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. -E. There are loads of different resources for you on everything from goal setting and grit to resiliency and focus to confidence and motivation and routines and habits and everything that you can possibly imagine to help you be your absolute best every single day, personally and professionally. Once again, if you'd like to access those free resources, head on over to scottwelly.com, S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. So as I sign off, thank you again for spending your time with me here today. Keep outperforming and as always, wish you the best of health, happiness, and high performance. Have a great day.